so welcome everybody to this extra extra special episode of the teeth and tales podcast um, and today it is not your usual host uh, my name is techie and i have been a previous guest on the podcast and i am delighted to be hosting this one because we really want to get to know more about the, the special host that's been doing all of these incredible uh, conversations with so many amazing people in our profession. Uh, from myself, from my point of view, I obviously joined Charlie's journey at some point, and there was always that bit at the beginning of her journey that was missing. You know, how did this all start? Uh, where is this all going? And I had so many questions, and I thought to myself, "Hang on a minute." When is she going to be a guest on her own podcast? <laughs> and it was uh, it was my idea, and here we are. And I'm glad that she's agreed to do it because I think you're all going to find it uh, a very special episode. So I'll hopefully do the the questions justice, and you will know a little bit more about our special uh, Shadi, who is the incredible host of this podcast. Thank you so much for a wonderful introduction. I'm nervous for the first time doing this podcast since it started. I'm nervous. I have no idea what you're going to ask me. You're, I'm you're really excited. Nervous. I've never even hosted a podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll uh, it, yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? <laughs> Role, roles reversed, but we like it. So we have to challenge ourselves. <laughs> the, 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 first, the first question is, um, for me, uh, I really want to get to know you and what people think about you so if i was going to find somebody that you work with or one of your closest friends how would they describe you as a person oh interesting what, 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 what would they say about you how would they describe you i would say in the nicest way possible and no offense to myself but i am an emotional roller coaster of a control freak is the best way to, to describe myself i would say okay. i'm quite ambitious and I have really, really big goals. Um, but I go through the emotions of it all. Like, you know, if I'm doing something, I feel like I have grown up dreams, but my mentality and my reaction to things is still sometimes not childish, but I would say emotional. I think in the business world, you do have to be, um, you do have to have a thick skin. And I feel like I'm still developing that. I would say I'm still quite reactive to things you know I feel all the emotions I feel the excitement I feel the sadness I feel the anxiety a lot and you know on Friday for example last week with everything I've got going on there was a point where there was a lot of stuff going on and a lot of it was out of my control and you know in the midst of it all I'm seeing patients I've got people calling me messaging me emails that I need to get back to um, and I had a bit of a breakdown at work and everyone was like are you okay and you know with a lot of stuff you can't always say everything that's going on because you don't want to bother people with your with everything that you have going on so I would say especially recently um I've been a bit of an emotional roller coaster um and a bit of a control freak bit of a perfectionist and I want to say all of these things are positive traits as well as negatives it just depends on the level the intensity of it at that precise moment so they're good things that keep me going and keep me ambitious but they're still going to be those low points where they're not going to be my best traits. And, and with, uh, I think, a lot of the listeners, especially if they're dentists and young dentists, I think they're going to uh, really resonate with what you said and probably feel exactly what you, and, and they were probably feeling what you felt on Friday, probably at the same 
time, just in a different surgery in a different part of the UK or even the world. Where where does this, and this is something that's quite common among sort of young younger dentists especially, where do you think this this desire to be so successful or this ambition started for you? I think I would say it goes back to my family, my upbringing. Um, my parents have always been, you know, admirers of high achievement. Uh, they've always encouraged me and my brother to be better, do better. Um, not in a way that's put pressure on us. I will say that there is a fine balance. I think there's a fine line where you encourage your children, but you put pressure on them. And I think my parents have got that quite right in terms of how they've brought us up because they've encouraged us to be ambitious, but equally they'll say, actually, it's okay if you don't do these things, you don't have to do all of these things. It's just pressures that we've put on ourselves. Um, my parents have the perfect balance of my mom always pushes me to do better and she's quite ambitious herself and my dad is quite zen and relaxed and he's like why like you don't need to do these things just chill relax what you have you know so I think it's the best balance between the two of them um, so I would say the the main um, driving force behind my ambition is my family and my upbringing and they're the ones that support me the most throughout all of these um, things that I'm going through I will say myself as well. I think the more I do, the more I want to do. When I, you know, test boundaries and when I see what I can do, um, you know, a lot of these things I didn't know I was capable of. And then when I get them done, it gives me a real high. I'm like, oh, I did that thing that I didn't know I could do, you know, from the beginning, from getting into dental school to getting good grades and all of these things. I didn't know I was capable of those. So I think when you keep going, when you kept, keep um, pushing those boundaries, it just drives you to do better. Okay, that's the next step. Now more and more. But I think there will come a point where we all have to kind of not draw the line, but understand that amongst all of these things that we want to achieve, we still want to lead a happy, healthy life. Um, and you don't want to overwork yourself. You know, I'm at that point right now where there's a lot going on. And sometimes it can get a bit much. So I'd have to be quite careful in the way I treat myself and say, actually, I'm going to take these few days off because I think especially with stuff that you have, you know, we have going on the non-clinical side of things, it's quite difficult to switch off. You know, you're switched on 24-7 with social media, with our phones, you're accessible 24-7. So it's really important to switch off every now and again to be able to just restore, recharge and then get back and, and be your full potential. And if I was to ask you a question and I want you to be frank, when you're answering it do you think that you're addicted to work yes 100 um but i do think i'm at that stage in my life where i can be you know i'm at the stage where i think now is the time to do these things and all of this stuff that i'm doing now is not just for now it's for the next x number of years you know it's for the rest of my career it's for the future generations you know it's not something that's for me right now in this moment it is quite grown up big stuff that I'm doing that is going to set the foundation for the rest of my career rest of my life and um, so I think it's work worth the hard work now um now that I can now that I have the energy that I have the drive that I have the means to do so and then hopefully at some point it will the balance will change you know I think right now is the most difficult it's going to be because even if I do more in the future or when I do more in the future, at least I would have those fundamental personality traits, for example, those fundamental skills 
to be able to deal with it all. You know, like I said, right now I'm in that process where I'm doing quite big grown up stuff, but the way I react to it isn't always this, you know, invincible businesswoman that I think should be. Whereas I think in the future, hopefully, you know, the skills I'm developing now will help me deal with those things better in the future. So I don't feel the stress of it all as much and the strain of it. I think right now is probably the most difficult it's going to be. And that's not to say the stuff I have going on, I know in the future, there'll be more, there'll be much more stressful stuff. But I think it's the way I deal with it that's going to be different. I think I'm developing those skills now. And it's kind of like teething pains, you know, it's like they're just coming through, they're fresh. So it's just a bit sensitive right now, I would say. The most sensitive it's going to be, hopefully, for a while. And obviously being very successful and you've obviously ticked off very young um, and quite early on in your career, you ticked off a lot of boxes that that people even in their um, later in their career would only dream to have ticked off. And the things that you're doing are... Uh, incredible however who is setting these goals is it are these goals was it a goal that you set yourself you know maybe five years ago and that you've got this ultimate goal that you have got your you close your eyes you imagine your life in uh, you know at 40 years old for example and you are going towards that and there's lots of these mini goals that are helping you to get to that big goal or is it as you do one thing, you almost tick that and you're successful. And if you are addicted to work and you are addicted to that success, are you just setting yourself another goal and another goal and another goal? And is there an end goal to this? Or is this just something? Is this just you and your personality? Is that what drives you? Or is there a bigger ultimate goal that's driving you that you're heading towards? That's a very good question. <laughs> very good question you're doing very well at this hosting thing you should be a host more often um I would say to be completely honest I think my ultimate goal as a dentist obviously is to serve my patients and it's everything I do around that is to be the best that I can be to serve them as best as I can I've always had the dream of having my own clinic and I you know joke about this all the time being coming from a Persian background it's not enough that you do dentistry and medicine when are you opening your own clinic and all of these things. Um, and I think it's myself that wanted to do this from a, an early stage. You know, the reason I did dentistry was because I wanted to have my own clinic because being a control freak perfectionist, I have very, um, you know, a clear idea of what I want that clinic to look like, what I want the ethos to be, what, you know, what services I want to provide and all of that. And you can't really do that when it's someone else's clinic, when someone else is the boss. And I've been very fortunate enough in my career to have very supportive um, people I work with. My bosses have, apart from one, which is that toxic job that I always talk about, the rest of them have been mentors for me and they've helped me a lot. Um, they've helped me understand what I want to do and what I don't want to do equally um, and supported me in that journey. So I would say my ultimate goal um after becoming a dentist has been to have my own clinic. I just didn't know how that was going to happen or when it was going to happen. And I would say the way it's happening right now is different to what I imagined. Um, but equally, I think everything happens for a reason. And I've been through experiences that have brought me here um, and told me that this is the best decision for me at this stage. We don't know if it is. We'll find out in, in 10 years time, 15 years time. Um, but I think everything else, you know, stuff that 
for example, to do with social media and all of that, that was never something I imagined. That was something that came along the way. And it's helped me achieve some of my goals. You know, the training academy, that wasn't something I envisioned. It was just a right opportunity that came at the right time. Um, so a lot of things have happened, not exactly how I imagined them, but when the opportunity comes along, I think I've been in the headspace of thinking, actually, I'm I'm okay. I'm open to receive this. I'm ready to take on the challenge. And so far, touch wood, everything I've done has been because of really, really hard work. And I'm a big believer of hard work and making things happen. I'm really happy if things happen with hard work. Things that I can't handle are things that are out of my control. You know, like a lot of this to do with a practice, for example, building a practice from scratch is a huge, huge undertaking. And a lot of it isn't because it's, you know, hard work on me. I have no problem with working 24-7, but it's waiting for other people, you know, like the council to give you permission to do this or waiting for the x-ray advisors to say where to put the wall. These are the things that really, really stress me out right now because it's got absolutely nothing to do with me and how hard I work. I'm really, really good with, you know, if you give me a massive to-do list, I'm really happy. I'm really content because I can get those things done. And the only thing that that depends on is me, you know, Um, I might have a mental breakdown, but I'll get through that to-do list, you know, whereas where I'm unhappy is to do with things that are out of my control. And what I'm trying to do right now is be okay with those things as well, because a lot of things are going to be out of my control and I have to wait around for other people to do things. Um, and, you know, I physically can't do everything myself. Um, so that's what I'm learning to deal with. So, yeah, a combination of ambitions that have been there for, for a while since the beginning and new things that have come um, at the right time, opportunities that have come my way. And I think it's just the mentality of being open to receive those and being able to take on the challenge. I think for, for me, um, before we move on to the next question, I think what you you know what you say there is is gonna is gonna hit home to a lot of um, dentists, uh, especially this whole. And I think there is a perception, and it is a little bit of advice as well, because I am somebody that's just maybe three years ahead of where you are, and I've been through what you've been through. I think there is a perception that when you do own your own practice, and you uh, are a bit of a control freak, which we all are because we've got such high standards and we want to do the best, that that the challenges there, because the main challenges that you're facing now, whether it's the council or the x-ray people or the builders, is really in a nutshell what you're saying is, is that reliance on others who don't share necessarily the same work ethic, maybe they don't share. One thing that happens when you do own a practice, and I can tell you that, is that it doesn't stop because you will still no matter it's going to be your practice it's going to have your name on it and you are going to have complete control over how it runs however the practice um, will still rely on having people there and these people these outside sources they will still be there so i think for for us that challenge and what i don't want you to do is to feel that right once that happens, mm. then this is not going to happen. What, what the, and which is what you're doing. You know, you mentioned that you're, uh, you're, you're working on yourself, and I think that's the that's the most important thing, and that is to build yourself up in a way so that you are strong enough. And what this whole building a practice from scratch will do 
will allow you to, when you are let down by other people later on, when you do have a practice or practices, that it won't be such a roller coaster for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it, it doesn't stop. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest uh, challenge of, of uh, opening a practice, but it's the biggest learning lesson. And for me, it's the part of my personality that's developed the most. Following from that, you said that you're a sensitive person um and i've been called a sensitive person and actually if you're a dentist that's, that's quite a nice thing and that's probably why you're so popular with your patients and that's probably why uh, you have so many dentists that follow you for advice as well so being the sensitive person is is great in your career and you've been a dentist now for how many years eight years now eight years now so in your eight years who has hurt you the most has that been a patient or has it been a member from your own profession and there is a second part of the question oh interesting <laughs> um i will say it's probably been members of the profession and i will say without going into too much detail i will say it's to do with Jobs I've had, colleagues I've had where, you know, like I said, I'm quite an emotional, sensitive person. I don't really have a filter. What you see is what you get with me. If I like you, you'll know it. If I don't like you, you'll also know it. Um, And it was treating my work family as my actual family, um, you know, getting very involved, emotionally involved, um, and then being let down by them and realizing that actually they're my colleagues, they're not my family. Um, And that was quite difficult to come to terms with because, you know, again, like I said, with me, I really don't have a filter. I just take people at face value when they're nice to me. I think they are nice people. (laughs) And, you know, um, that's what I take. So I was in a work situation where I thought, you know, this is my family, this is my friends, this is my everything. Um, And to understand that actually to them, I am replaceable. And that's fair enough, you know, now being on the other side of it, going to become the principal, I understand it. I don't necessarily share that value and I don't agree with it, but I do understand how somebody can see you as a dispensable part of their system, essentially. Um, And that was a very, very, very valuable lesson for me to learn that actually, even though I see them as my family, they don't see me the same way. And so when I would go out of my way, to help them, to accommodate them, I realized that actually they wouldn't do the same for me. Um, And that was a very, again, very valuable lesson to learn. And it stayed with me since then. Um, And it's just helped me not necessarily put a guard up, but just be mindful that actually I am dispensable to a lot of people. And that's no offense to me. It's nothing personal. It's just that that's the way things are. Um, And it's not just me. Unfortunately, I would say it goes for a lot of us. And and I think for a lot of uh, I think for a lot of dentists, what you've just mentioned there is that you learn a valuable lesson. And the reason I bring it up actually is because throughout our education, both undergraduate and postgraduate level, we're always told or taught how to uh, deal with uh, negative situations when it comes to patients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, here it shows that you're. I don't think you're alone, but in your eight year career. It was actually 
one of the hardest challenges and difficulties and lessons that you've learned was actually coming from the profession and that doesn't get taught and I think that's for me what I really find you know amazing about following somebody like yourself who who tells the story and um shares this in their podcast and, and gets this out to people because there's so many dentists I know that are going through exactly this and I'm glad that you've come out the other side and honestly I do believe that you wouldn't be doing what you're doing if you hadn't been through that negative experience yeah, it's made you into the person that you are so for anybody that's listening to this that is going through that right now that hasn't slept last night because of a situation because of like that I want them to look at you and I want them to see that actually what they're going through right now is only going to make them a better person and if they're a better person then they're going to be a better clinician and they're going to um, see their goals the second part of that question is quite is um, if that is the case and you're uh, worst sort of situation in dentistry has come from that. Why would somebody like yourself then put yourself so out there and be in front of the profession so much? Because for me, if that was me, I would hide away, I would get on with my work, and I would have as little possible interaction. I would not be doing a podcast that is going out to the whole profession. <laughs> I would not be dedicating Instagram, TikTok, and actually a lot of the content is directed towards your profession. Yeah. Why are you putting yourself out there? <laughs> Excellent question. <laughs> like, I'm a big believer of everything happens for a reason, and I don't resent any of the situations I've been through. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't have it any other way because I think going through those experiences has made me the person I've become. And going through those experiences made me realize that actually I want to rely on myself only um, for my professional fulfillment, for my career progression and all of these things. And the social media side of things was a way of me creating a brand for myself. I didn't quite understand what I wanted to do with it. I just knew that I wanted people to know who I am and at the beginning when I started, you're right, I was petrified that actually what's everyone going to think of me? What if they disagree? And, you know, with us being in such a highly, um, you know, regulated profession, I was actually really scared that what if, you know, it comes across as unprofessional, it comes across as not befitting, you know, our profession. I was really worried about that. But actually, once you get over that initial fear, you realize that you can provide a lot of value to people. And since day one, I've been quite clear about wanting to be honest and wanting to speak the truth. Um, the, if you look through my social media, you'll see plenty of pictures of me crying, having a break breakdown. And I think that's important to share because, you know, speaking to my friends who are in the profession, we all go through a lot. <clears throat> but a lot of people that we look up to on social media don't necessarily share that. They just share the highlights of you know, I just opened a new clinic, I'm just offering this treatment, I'm doing training, I'm doing this course, and all of these wonderful things, which are amazing. And they do encourage all of us to be better and push our boundaries and push ourselves and what we can achieve. But I think it's equally important, you know, for people who've just qualified, for someone who's having a bad day, who opens their Instagram account and just sees this like, influx of people achieving certain things and looking amazing and having an amazing personal life, professional life, just thinking how they can do it all. I think it's important for someone 
to share the real side of things and actually say that, do you know what, I'm, I am doing all of these things, but I'm actually struggling. You know, it's not easy. Um, I might be able to get things done. I might be able to do these things, but equally I'm having a mental breakdown in the background. And I think just seeing that helps a lot. It definitely helps me when I see people share the real, um, you know, moments of their their day, even, you know, I'm quite overwhelmed today. I've got a lot of things to do. Um, and a lot of that is outside my control. If I see that, you know, if we normalize it, then it really helps all of us to become better. So that was my main mission with the whole social media side of things. And I'm very lucky that it was well received. And a lot of opportunities have come from that. So I think now I have a healthier relationship with, you know, what people think of me. I don't, in the nicest way possible, I don't really care what people think of me because what matters most is what I think of me. And I think I'm doing something quite valuable. And that's not to say I'm arrogant or, you know, um, think very highly of myself. I also challenge myself and want to do better and be better. Um, you know, I learn from my mistakes. I do make mistakes. We all do. And it's important to to be open and honest about them. But I think the overriding drive and my purpose um, keeps me going. And the the honestly, the the messages I receive, the feedback I receive just makes it all worth it and keeps me going. It all started in lockdown. Um, and it was so refreshing to see that actually the TikTok videos, the city TikTok videos I was making in my bathroom because it had the best lighting was actually resonating with people and it was helping them. Um, and I just found a purpose that was very different to my day-to-day, -day, you know, drill and fill, smile makeovers, which is important, um, but also how wonderful that that allowed me to explore this other side um, of my profession. And I, and I think for 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 me, the, the way that I see it as well is we know that, I mean, we've all heard the statistics about, you know, sort of mental health and how the profession is kind of up there when it comes to, um, for example, even suicide rates. You know, we know that. All dentists know that and they probably tell people in their lives. So the question is really what are we doing about that? And I think if we are part of a profession and we are part of a community, I think we've all got a a responsibility to do something about it and what i see and you by you sharing your experiences and being real uh, on camera it's not something that everybody could do for example i've always had difficulty sort of being in front of the camera but whatever it is the lesson here is that whatever it is that you can do that your skills allow you to do that your talents allow you to do i think it's important to to give back to the profession and to um, to help reshape it because if it is such a, uh, a competitive, jealous, horrible profession to be part of sometimes, well, actually what we can do is to try and change that. And by you doing what you're doing, um, I really rate that. And I think that's a, a great thing for, for all the dentists to see. Thank you. With... Um, the eight years that you've been a dentist what was the obviously you had an idea of what it was going to be like to be a dentist and obviously what it is is completely different and I think most dentists would also say that but for you what has been the the biggest surprise the misconception that you thought when you had when you were undergraduate level to now so if somebody is now and, and they do sometimes come and ask you that oh I'm thinking about applying for dentistry or do you think I <laughs> do you think I should be a dentist and you know that when they close their eyes and what they think, 
is just not the reality. Yeah. So what would you tell that person? Actually, it's not like that. It's like this. I will what say, the- to be honest, dentistry has changed a lot in recent years. Definitely a lot. You know, when I was in my fourth year of dental school, Instagram was just becoming a thing. I remember opening up an Instagram account when I was doing my elective in fourth year. We weren't seeing as, you know, undergrad students, we weren't seeing dentists on social media um, it was all very different to what it is now. And it is a double-edged sword in that it is there are positives and negatives to it. I think undergrad students right now have a lot of pressure on them with being bombarded with all of these images, you know, all this content of people doing amazing things. And I see students now who have Instagram accounts, TikTok accounts that are, you know, documenting their journey. And that's amazing. But equally, I just I just couldn't have done it myself. You know, it's a lot of pressure on them being bombarded with all of these things when they're just trying to figure out their dentistry. You know, being an undergrad, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just trying to figure things out ourselves. And now they have the added pressure of seeing what everyone else is doing and trying to compete from such an early age. I don't think it's entirely healthy. Um, So I do think it's changed a lot. The one thing that's been the most surprising for me, I guess, is the diversity of what we can do. My mum always says that, you know, becoming a dentist, studying dentistry, your qualification is like a key. And with that key, you can choose to open any door you want to. You know, you can be entirely clinical. You can be academic. You can go into content creation now. You can go into brand collaborations. You can open practices, be a business person. You can have training academy. There's so many options that you can do. And, you know, we all know that as as dentists, we all have slightly different preferences likes and dislikes strengths and weaknesses and I think I still think it's a wonderful wonderful profession it is very stressful and it's not easy um but it is really really good in the way that you can choose to do whatever you want you know the whole thing about me doing all of this extracurricular stuff as I like to call it stemmed from me working part-time clinically So I was working two, three days a week and, you know, I kept trying to find another job to fill my other days, but I didn't like any of those jobs. So in the end, all of this energy that I had became all this wonderful stuff that I'm doing now. And, you know, I'm in a wonderful position where all of this extracurricular stuff is a stream of income. Sometimes it's more um, rewarding than my clinical job in a lot of ways, you know, Uh, and I think that's really important for people to know, because I think there's expectations of you to be working clinically all the time, to be the best you are clinically. And I think we should all strive to do better, but equally we should decide what we would prefer to do because we all have different preferences. For me, I love clinical dentistry, but I couldn't do it six days a week. You know, I really enjoy this other stuff that I do. um, And I really like the balance. Like, you know, sometimes I go to work and I love being able to switch off and just do my clinical dentistry. And equally the other days I'm able to do all this other stuff Um, and not be doing clinical I really like and enjoy the variety of it so I would say to that person definitely dentistry is a wonderful profession but you have to be prepared to work hard you have to be prepared uh, you have to be prepared to be resilient Um, and you know don't shy away from the challenge just figure out what you like and don't be apologetic for it don't think that you have to do what everybody else is doing you know, like with social media, I know it seems like it'd be all an end all right now, but there's a lot of wonderfully successful dentists who don't have a social media profile at all. And that's okay too. You know, it's just about our own personal preferences and what we want to do. But the good thing is that dentistry allows you to do what you want to do with it. 
Yeah, and I think that's, that's a really good point that you made, especially at the end, is that you don't need to have social media at all to be successful. I think sometimes that's how people sometimes um, describe or, or measure success in dentistry. It's, it's just not like that. For myself, from my personal experience, my experience with social media, my actual, um, a lot of people went through a big um, growth phase or even started during lockdown. For me, it was the opposite. Actually, since lockdown, I would say for the last three years, my social media, I've put zero effort into it. It's not grown. But actually, as, a, um, as an actual dentist, I'm probably the best dentist that I've ever been. So I think the important thing is, is for you to use your own measures. And like you said, use that to achieve what you want to achieve in the profession. For me, um, a lot of people were at a course. Actually, I was uh, teaching a course this weekend. One of the questions was, how do you get so many followers? And the answer was, well, actually, you don't need that many followers. Because for me, the aim, the whole point of getting social media was to create my own patient base. And I can tell you that once I reached five, ten thousand 10,000 followers, I was fully booked for three to four months. So actually, as a dentist, what more would you want? anything being booked up anything more than three to four months is actually only a headache so in this situation so in that situation you need to start with clear goals if it's to fill up your 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 list which is what it was for me then actually having 30 40 100 200 is not actually going to make a difference Mm -hmm. but if you are the dentist that wants to do brand collaborations and reach a bigger audience or then absolutely you need to put a lot more hard work into it and what a great way to be able to do it for actually for free and to reach so many people so back in 2004 i did my interview uh, for dental school and the things that they would look for in a young dentist now if the if the profession has changed like you say it has and we agree that it's completely different then i mean what they would look for is somebody that's got a bit of manual dexterity mm-hmm. good with their hands somebody that's quite sciencey, um, maybe somebody that can communicate well in the interview. So the modern day, so you're sat now and you are interviewing that same person for dental school. What skills are you looking for? What sort of person are you looking for that is going to be successful as a dentist in 2023 or even 2028? Honestly, I would say resilience is the most important skill to have because things are going to happen things are not going to go your way you're going to fail exams if not now later you're going to fail interviews and you have to be able to deal with that and I think as you know high achievers that apply to dental school and get into dental school we're all quite used to things going our way being the best person always getting top grades and you know before getting into dental school it's very likely that no one has encountered any big failures in their lives and that's fair but I think you need to be prepared to deal with those um i've spoken about this before you know my close friendship group at uni there was five of us two of us got in first time round. we failed our part one exams both of us and the other three had um you know had got rejected from dental school first time round. they applied second time round, and they passed their exams with fine colors so i think it's important to know from that early age that actually if you haven't failed yet you will And that's not to say that you're not qualified enough, you're not good enough. It's just the system. It's how it is. 
with so many hurdles along the way, you're going to stumble on some of them and you need to be able to deal with that because it's not about avoiding them. You can't avoid them forever. If not now, they will happen later. So the sooner you realize how to deal with those, the better it's going to be for you in the long term. Yeah, I completely agree. I think resilience, I think that that strength that you know we, we spoke about there at the beginning, uh, dealing with failure is so important and dealing with the challenges that you face from because you're dealing with from both sides you've got the profession and then you've also got the patient side of it and then actually you're probably the hardest one which is your yourself yeah so i think to be able to to manage that is so important and the skills hopefully now the guys that are coming out are going to help to shape that profession even more um you have got hopefully you've got a very very long career left still but a lot of people call me a one-trick pony because they know how much I love composite. So I'm <laughs> going to put you on. I'm going to put you on the spot. You're only allowed to drip, to do one more treatment for the rest of your career. What are you choosing? Oh, interesting. Um, I would say I quite like orthodontics. I really like the satisfaction of straightening crowded teeth or changing things. I think it makes the biggest difference. Um, and, you know, I started off wanting to be an orthodontist, but I changed my mind because I didn't like the hospital environment and the training pathway. So I did it slightly differently. Um, but I would say definitely orthodontics, um, clear aligners. Um, I really enjoyed that treatment. Smile makeovers in general, but if I had to choose one, it would be that. Um, because I think it makes a huge difference to people. And um, yeah, that's what I would choose. I think also as well with with orthodontics, what I find really nice about it is that you're seeing that patient over a long period of time. Mm. So you really, if you're the type of dentist that really likes to get to know their patient and build up a strong relationship with them, then um, <laughs> orthodontics is definitely um, a great one. And also as well, the other treatments tend to sort of stem and it's such a good base for a dentist now to have is to be able to do some form of straightening, whether it's basic, just using clear aligners or fully comprehensive, because um, you find that it opens up so many doors. Um, so, yeah, I would um, I, li I like your choice. <laughs> the final question that I've got for you is. And you might not want to share this with us because it might be a surprise or anything like that. But can you give us any clues or for everybody that's been following your journey, including myself, what's next? Oh, good question. We know we know that the we know that the practice is coming. That's not what I'm asking. I'm <laughs> like, well, we're talking big, big things. What what are those goals? Um Personal goals or career goals? Both. Personal gro growth, I think, personal goals is to become resilient, to have um, develop that emotional maturity, to be able to deal with the day-to-day -day struggles of running multiple businesses and being able to survive and look after myself in the interim. I'm not very good at that. Um, and unfortunately, it was very recently that I had a panic attack during one of our training sessions. And that was a good reminder that I need to slow down. Um, so I would say personally, I just need to develop the skills to be able to manage the stress well 
and while still being efficient and understanding that, you know, I'm important as well as my goals um, and, you know, stop overworking myself. And I'm working towards that already. I think I'm getting better at it. I still have a long way to go, but I am getting better. I'm making a mindful choices every day to, to reach that. Career-wise, um, this practice, honestly, has been my biggest goal to date, I would say. And my current dream, wish, aspiration is to make that a success um, in every way possible. And it's a very emotional thing for me because it's been a long time coming. And the fact that it's finally happening, it feels a bit surreal sometimes. And I just need to need the building works and things to finish uh, to be able to appreciate it all. Because at the moment, it doesn't feel real. Um, with the Training Academy, uh, we're very lucky that it's doing very, very well. It's growing a lot quicker than we anticipated. Um, so I think what's next for me is just trying to run these um, multiple things alongside each other with the success and with the vision that I have in mind um, and a lot of them go hand in hand I know there there's a lot of things that I'm doing but a lot of them actually complement each other and go hand in hand um, dentistry.co.uk did a you know the five, 90 second or 60 second video with me a few years ago and they asked me what my goals and dreams and aspirations were for the future and I remember saying that um, my goal is to have my own clinic and decorate it like an indoor jungle. And it feels so surreal that that's becoming true now. Um, and also I think the content creation side of things, I really, really enjoy it. So I want to keep that going. I want to stay true to my original, you know, goal and values of providing some value for the profession as well as the public. And that's not easy to do, um, but I want to continue doing all of that all at the same time. And, and I think it will just be natural. I think when people follow somebody, anybody on social media, they're interested in their journey and their story. And this next part, everybody's excited to see because it's part of your journey. And uh, myself included, we can't wait to see you be successful at that and build more goals. If I've been uh, if I've been successful today, the listeners would have got to know you a lot better. I definitely have. So I hope I've done it justice. And thank you so much for being a guest on your own podcast. Thank you so much. You did amazingly well. This was very emotional. You're very good at bringing the best out of people. Thank you so much. You should come back more often. We'll, we'll have to do a we'll, we'll have to do another one once the, the practice is open, and then we'll see if you give me the same answers. <laughs> <laughs> really hope you've enjoyed this episode and hopefully learned a few things I know I certainly did and as always don't forget to let me know what you thought of this episode you can reach out to me on Instagram at Dr Shadi Manicherry I always love hearing your responses and if you have any requests for future podcast episodes please let me know there I do usually listen if there are specific requests that are quite popular as always there will be a new episode every week so please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode and I can't wait to speak to you soon.